In the name of the resurrected one, amen. Today's gospel is not about seeing is believing. It's about reconciliation. Reconciliation through retaining wounds. Jesus comes to the disciples gathered in the room behind locked doors. Jesus comes to them and shows them the marks in his hands and in his side. And he says, as the Father sent me, so I send you. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. And I imagine the disciples are looking at Jesus' wounds in his hand. And they are thinking about their own sins, feeling that pain, that need for forgiveness as they watch and see the wounds still present in Jesus' hands. Thinking about how they denied and betrayed and abandoned their beloved teacher, Messiah, and friend. And now here he is, alive in the flesh again, but still retaining the wounds, the marks of this broken world. And he gives them peace. He gives them forgiveness and the power to forgive. Fulfilling the whole purpose of the incarnation of God sending Jesus to reconcile all of creation to God. Here is Jesus in the flesh bearing the wounds of our broken world and still offering reconciliation. And then giving each of us the power and mission to go out into the world and reconcile the world to God. Making each one of us agents of reconciliation, inviting each one of us to participate in God's mission in the world. This reconciliation that we see in today's gospel has kind of a three-step process as I understand it. We see this taken out by Jesus and the disciples and then by Thomas and then hopefully by us as well. The first step is to seek out the other person. Jesus comes to the disciples. The disciples go to Thomas. There's, a, there's an aspect of going, of seeking out the other person that the first step is. And when we seek out other people, we don't come with a, a doctrine of righteousness. We come bearing wounds, being vulnerable and sharing our own sorrow and pain. And when we do those two things, the third thing comes quite naturally. That we take on the pain of others, we create space for them to bear their wounds and enter into relationship with them that can contain and retain the redemption, the loving, redeeming power of God right in the midst of us. Jesus' interaction with Thomas 
models this for the disciples. Jesus seeks out Thomas. Jesus has already appeared to the disciples, but comes back again a second time. He appears again just for the sake of Thomas. Thomas, Jesus meets Thomas where he's at. And then Jesus bears his wounds to Thomas. He invites Thomas to touch them. Jesus becomes vulnerable. He submits himself. Jesus submits himself to Thomas's need to touch the wounds of Christ. Jesus says, here, here I am, touch me. When Jesus invites Thomas to touch his wounds, Jesus is at the same time touching Thomas's wounds. Jesus' wounds acknowledge the pain and loss and chaos that Thomas witnessed in the execution of his Messiah. But the breath that Jesus breathes on him in that room with the other disciples acknowledges a hope greater than the wounds we endure from this broken world. This pattern of reconciliation is then manifested in the relationship between the ten disciples and Thomas. We don't know why Thomas wasn't with the other ten, but it's curious, isn't it? It's a bit strange that it's been one week after the death of Christ, and there's already division amongst the disciples. There's already argument, discord amongst his followers. It didn't take very long. A week in... And Jesus must know that that's the case, and he must know why, because Jesus, the resurrected Jesus, comes back and appears to them, and what does he give to the disciples? What word of hope? You now have the power to forgive. The power to forgive, obviously acknowledging some kind of division that's happened amongst the 11, that one is left out and 10 are gathered. And the disciples must know exactly what Jesus is talking about because Jesus gives them the power to forgive and the first thing they do is go to Thomas. Something must have been going on. And when they go to Thomas and seek Thomas out, they share with Thomas the good news of the resurrection. But Thomas responds in his pain. It is not enough to hear that Jesus is alive Thomas needs to stick his hands in his side. This is another curious point about Thomas, that Thomas assumes the resurrected Christ has wounds to bear. The ten disciples have seen it, but Thomas has not seen it, but yet he makes that assumption. I believe that it's because Thomas is well acquainted with deep sorrow. Thomas bears a grief a wound that leaves a mark, and resurrection needs to respond to that deep pain. Resurrection doesn't just make us clean. It doesn't erase our pain. It holds it. It has the power to retain it. The wounds convey that Jesus' pain and sorrow is real, and that depth of the realness is conveyed by the wounds that Thomas can now touch and feel. It's a bit of a brash request, isn't it? I need to touch Jesus' wounds. How dare we? It seems bold. It reminds me of Peter asking not just my foot, but my whole body also when he is getting his feet washed by Jesus. But it, all the more it conveys Thomas's pain is real, 
And he needs a resurrection Messiah that knows the depth of that real pain. Some of you may have experienced great sorrow and may relate to this portrayal of Thomas rather than doubting Thomas. It's a Thomas that needs to hear that resurrection means more than everything working out in the end. It's not simply a silver lining, but a complete redemption of the whole work and world. The disciples bear this doubting of Thomas. They gather him in and welcome him into the community. Even though he has doubts, even though he has this need to touch the side, they say, Thomas, come and be with us. And a week later, he's with them in that room when Jesus appears a second time. They've enacted that model of reconciliation to go to Thomas, to bear his wounds and to share in his pain and therefore have experienced resurrection again. This model of reconciliation is given to each of us and to all of us as a model that we might live into in our lives today. Jesus invites us to touch his broken body each time we consume the Eucharist. These little pieces of bread, we remember Jesus' body broken for us. We remember Jesus' wounds as well as our own wounds. And this equips us and empowers us to participate in God's mission to reconcile the world to God by bearing wounds to one another, becoming vulnerable in our sorrow and grief and pain, and then also receiving others' pain and grief and embracing them as one, as one church, as one body of Christ in the world. This is how we offer and exchange and extend the resurrection experience. Therefore, we can go on this reconciling mission. We can be sent just as God sent Jesus, Jesus sends us. And we can go forth seeking that mission with great energy and enthusiasm, trusting that God is at work in us and through us in the world, that the wounds we bear will become agents of redemption, drawing people together, reconciling the world, just as Jesus' wounds reconciled Thomas and the Ten. The pain and strife we so vulnerably but courageously share is the way in which we extend the resurrection experience. Just as Christ did for the disciples, just as the disciples did for Thomas, just as Thomas later did through communities ranging as far as India, we now have the opportunity to extend the resurrection experience in our very own community. That's the great hope of each of our outreach ministries, isn't it? Not the level of participation that we have, not the number of loads of laundry we do and the number of meals we make or the number of gifts we buy at Christmas or the number of houses we build for families in need. Those are all excellent markers of how we participate in our community. 
But the real hope comes when we have that conversation while we're waiting for the laundry to finish, while we're building the house with the family, that relationship that we can enter into bearing our wounds, when we can tell our story of how Christ's redeeming life has entered our life and has changed us, and we've seen that and witnessed that, we become agents of resurrection. We bear our wounds just like Jesus did for Thomas and allow other people to touch them. That's the great hope of each of our ministries when we go out into the world. The people we minister to, we become vulnerable with. We share in their sorrow and pain and create space for them to open their own wounds, to allow their own wounds to be touched, not just by us, but by the love of God and the world, the love of God that enters the world through us. Just as the Father has sent me, I send you. Through us, God's redeeming love and work of resurrection happens again and again. Amen.